Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Branding Head Off Podcast and another Q&A show today. I'm out for another walk, barefoot in the sunshine, getting some grass, getting a little, a little fresh air, if you will. Uh, feeling great after lift with my uh, lifting partner, Michael, this morning, so just feeling really good. Uh, so, hey, let's just jump into some questions here. Now, first one. What are your tips for focusing on the mind-muscle connection? I like this question. Uh, for several reasons. I think I think a lot of people have a disconnect, again, just in their bodies. And this, obviously, this really helps with that, right? We should all be connected in some sort with our physical body. Uh, I think a lot of people lose track of that uh, the more that we sit, the more that we're just in a stagnant position all day. So sometimes being able to feel what something should feel like is lost. And this is where I think isolation exercises can be used effectively, actually. Again, I'm not a fan um, of isolation without integration. However, again, when you're unable to isolate the transverse abdominis, isolate the lower abdominals, probably isolate your shoulder external rotators. I mean, these are just common ones that I see lagging lower trapezius, like all of that, all of that comes into play. So doing very particular isolation exercises for these, I think is a fantastic idea. Now, how do you improve that? Well, first you learn the exact positioning that you need to be in for those. So you you learn, and I'm not going to really go through this because there's too many different areas, too many different body parts where the cueing is going to be completely different and it depends what's causing your dysfunction, right? So these isolation exercises I think can be very beneficial to find what it is that you need to do to get into that. But other things you can use, you can have, I mean, with a training partner or a personal trainer, or physical therapist, whatever it is, they can give you some tactile feedback. So they're pulling you to where you need to be, tapping over the muscle that should be firing. Uh, the other thing is you should be thinking about squeezing in that area. Now, if you don't know what squeezing in that area feels like, well, maybe you do it on one side uh, and it can actually, so if you just have a dysfunction on one side, do that on the other side. Really feel that. Close your eyes. Look at what it should look like. Watch somebody else do it. Listen to what somebody else tells you to do. I keep saying very different things here. Watch, listen, feel, because they're all different ways that we're going to learn. So some people learn visually. Some people learn auditorily. Some people learn kinesthetically. Some people are combinations, right? So you might need a little bit of everything to be able to figure that out. So those are my tips. Like, Do that. Do sometimes it's uh, other things can be if you are always recruiting a certain muscle, you might have to fatigue something out before you can like a pre-exhaustion, if you will. I don't like that word, but like I, I think it can be almost the, the best way to think about that. Right. You take something around that area that's very dominant. You blast out like crazy and then you get down to the little things. Um, so, yeah, w- what does this look like? I mean, really, it looks like, ah, uh, yes, I'm missing one big thing. I'm sorry. Tempo. Tempo, tempo, tempo. 
slowing a movement down. On the concentric, doing an isometric in there. On the eccentric, it could be in any and all of these. Because you might be losing that connection, that visualization, that feeling of that muscle group at a certain point of the lift. So take that lift, break it down. Just an overhead press maybe, right? You might press up for five seconds. Hold at the top for five seconds. Lower for five seconds. And while doing so, you might feel, oh, this is my shoulder working. Uh, Whether it be deltoid, maybe external rotators, whatever. Whatever you need to do. Whatever you need to cue on for yourself. But take those things. Understand your learning style. That's what I'm going to kind of leave that as because... If you don't understand how you personally feel something, learn something, do something, fortunately, it's not going to really matter. So you kind of have to learn that first and foremost. And then I think from there, you can take that and run with it and really turn it into something that works special, that, that works for you. Go for it. So next question. What are your thoughts on lifting weights while pregnant? I do have thoughts on this. <laughs> now, I, I think it's... The, the, the easiest way this comes down to... Are you doing it before you get pregnant? Because if you are... Those, versus if you're not... I don't think it's the time to start. Maybe you could learn some body weight movements. But I don't think it's really the time for you to go get after it. If you've not already been doing so for at least a few months um if you've been walking if you've just been doing maybe bodyweight squats some push-ups um just anything like that like sure probably not a big deal if you've been using some light weights i mean continue to do some lightweight exercises but don't go far and above what you can handle but i think something like the squat hinge pattern again if you just take it back to like basic primal movement patterns and you do those with either like a very lightweight I mean just to hold on to something maybe or just your body weight that'd probably be ideal um that being said if you're not doing anything you want to start then I don't want to tell you not to do it but I encourage you to go very 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 slowly do more take take all the exercises as a work in exercise right don't let it elevate your heart rate necessarily. Don't let yourself perspire. Do it to feel that movement. And breathing in as you go away from fetal position. Breathing out as you go towards fetal position. Just work on those mechanics. Uh, again, I've never gone through labor. Don't know what that's like. I've, I've seen it at this point. Um, and I think being stronger going into it. Uh, certainly certainly helps out uh that being said my wife when she was pregnant and then went through her pregnancies and labor like she had been lifting for years decades maybe not decades but at least a decade plus before even being pregnant for the first time so she had that baseline now she did have to back off uh and she she knew that Right, and I think that's that's that body's wisdom. Like you know, 
you're you got a lot of stuff going on right so you're probably not going to be able to crush prs i mean do anything like that nor should you be trying to but to stay strong to 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 keep doing what you've been doing i think is and, and or like again a slight back off and a back off um really listening getting in tune with your body but ke- still keeping up all those movements still still doing as much as you can again to still keep your pelvic floor strong to keep your inner unit strong all of that fantastic idea uh to prepare for the rigors of childbirth because again it's it's a, it's a bit more than a workout in and of itself so just be prepared for something like that right uh, i think those are the factors that ultimately come into play is if you haven't done it and you don't really have a huge desire to do it well you should still be moving and that's for anybody uh if you want to start getting into it around the same time that you do happen to get pregnant again i think you should make sure you know what you're doing get some help with it but go very very slowly uh but certainly i would absolutely encourage you to do so because again i think it's only going to help i think it's going to make you healthier the baby healthier uh i think it's going to make your pregnancy um potentially easier and and the childbirth easier uh or at least prepare you as best as possible and then of course if you've already been lifting weights i don't encourage you to stop unless for some reason your doctor says you have to um but that would be i think a very rare situation um but at the same time i don't encourage you to if you've been doing intense strongman powerlifting weightlifting crossfit I don't think you're going to want to continue that at quite the same rigorous pace that you had previously been doing. Uh so that's I think the the rundown on those and yeah, ultimately you have to know your own body, you have to listen to it. Now, next question. I I I I'm laughing as I'm saying it because I think it's funny. Um why are calves so difficult to grow? Right? I I think people misconstrue misconstrue uh difficult to grow with lack of effort possibly. Now, I have again okay calves compared to the rest of my body like I think they're pretty much on par and I I devote a fair amount of time to them. I don't go uh to like a bodybuilder devotion to it if you will, right? If you want to develop great calves, we do you do a shitload of work. You walk a lot, you run a lot. Like sprints I'm talking, like we're talking serious moving, serious uh loading of the calves. You do you understand, I should say, the differences between the gastrocnemius and the soleus. Uh your tibialis anterior, tibialis posterior. If I just spun your head a little bit, good fibularis muscles, also known as the peroneals. All of these make up that calf structure of the lower leg, right? So, fast twitch dominant is going to be more your gastrocnemius. This will respond to again higher loads, lesser weight. Soleus is slow twitch. Get it under a lot of time under tension, baby. Just keep going. And now you have your more your frontal and transverse plane movers of your your peroneals your um 
posterior tibialis. So these are deeper. I, I think just as I'm walking around barefoot, I'm noticing them, I'm feeling them, right? I think that's part of it is just getting barefoot will dramatically increase the improvement of your foot and lower leg structure, actually. Um, but yeah, part of it is, I mean, some people have great attachment points, right? <laughs> Why did Arnold have like a ridiculous double biceps? Well, part of it is he works his ass off, first of all. The other part of it is his body naturally had some pretty damn good lines to begin with, right? Now, some people have great looking calves. Now, it's a double edged sword, right? They have to still have done something to get those calves to look also where they're at. So, I don't think you can, uh, what am I looking for here? I don't think you can maybe get the calves of your dreams if you have lower versus higher insertion points on the gastroc head. Uh, it's, it's just going to look differently, right? Where that muscle belly falls. But it, by no means does that mean you can't develop great looking calves. It's just going to be like anything else. Like you got to do a lot of work. I mean, how many people do they dedicated more towards their calves? Probably not a lot, right? Now I know I'm not a fan of talking about body part splits and we talked about this on the last show even and I mean that because the calves are still functioning like when you're doing weighted carries well calves are working pretty darn good with that right so doing more weighted carries doing your heel raises like I said working on that time under tension uh yeah sometimes I'll do my calf raises where it's like three seconds on the way down a three second pause in that stretched position then coming up out of it. So you're getting a very varied amount of load, amount of time under tension with that. And that's for, uh, specifically I'm speaking for the gas truck. I might do that for 30 reps on the soleus. Um, other things though, like I have to think about. So the gas truck nemus does not just plantar flex or like point the toes. Like it doesn't just do that for the ankle or push the foot down like that. Uh, it also is a knee flexor. So when you're doing some of your quote-unquote hamstring work, you're going to be doing gastroc work as well. So if the whole backside of your body doesn't uh, flow the way you would like it, perhaps, it could just be that. It might be true dedicating some time to the calves, if you will, but if you're not dedicating time to your whole posterior chain, Hey, it all functions together, baby. That's what we go back to last week, like the different types of splits, that type of thing. Yeah, see, it doesn't really matter because everything kind of works together along that whole backside of the body. Any of those bend patterns, triple extension, hips extend, knees extend, plantar flex, foot extends. You jump, all of that works together. You're running, all of that works together. So keep that in mind. Keep those all together. Uh, there's a lot that you can do that can be done for that direct and indirect calf work and to make them grow, uh, much, much more effectively, easily, etc. So last question, 
how do you explain to someone that claims a squat is not functional? Well, okay, and, and I know where this is coming from because um, I talked to somebody about the question, and they're talking like your basic back squat, put a load onto your back, sit down, stand up. Okay, well, directly, a lot of times you don't just put something on your back. You know what? You get in and out of a car, you get down to and up from a toilet, a seat. All of those are squats last time I checked. If you found a different way to do it, um, I'd be interested in learning about it. I don't think it's probably going to be quite as effective. Uh, but that's a squat. Now, yeah, well, yeah, but that's not, it's, you load it, you do it on the back. Okay, I don't claim to say that the back squat is the most functional of even just the squats, right? Like, I, I, I think that if a lot of people are going to be doing squats, uh, a zercher squat or a front squat will probably be the way to go. A goblet squat, all those. Because when do we squat? We squat with stuff in a loaded front position of some sort. Cross our elbows, cross our arms, uh, cross the shoulders, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, that's probably going to be the most functional way to squat. So do those squats, right? The only reason that I squat with the bar on my back is because of the what I'm training for. I need to put a shitload of weight on my back sometimes or just through my legs, through whatever it is. And that's just a great way to do it, okay? Um, the few people that really do need to squat, yeah, it, it just doesn't happen a lot. So I'm not going to disagree with that. However, I think it's also the most effective way to get your legs, your trunk, as strong as is absolutely possible. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take that most effective manner uh, to the nth degree because I want to get the most bang for my buck, right? Uh, <laughs> that's ultimately kind of where that's coming down to. So, yeah, functional in, in terms of a back squat. It probably is the least functional of any of the other front-loaded types of squats that I said. But most people still can't even do proper bodyweight squat. Just doing sit-to-stands is a very effective movement. Loading that now into with a goblet is great. You have to get thoracic extension to do so. You have to have that tight upper back. Front squat, you have to have the requisite motion from the lats, from the external rotation, like to all, all these things to, to be able to hold it there, to be able to do this. Again, thoracic extension, zercher squats. Oh my goodness. Like, I I don't know why this isn't. I think this actually locks you into a much better position a lot of times. Um, you can get a whole ton of back work with it. You can get very easily, I think, different stances. It balances you a little bit easier. Uh, but again, it's almost that more semi natural how you would be lifting something up with your arms almost like across your arms uh, anytime you have greater loads hey there's something to be said like for yeah other forms of squat as the more functional forms of squat but ultimately the squat is a functional movement i'm going to drop down and hold a squat here we go um to finish this up because this is another thing i'm wiping my butt on the grass basically right uh and i that's what you want to think about like my back of my legs are 
butt up against my calves. Like everything's just here. I'm kind of hanging out. I'm not completely loosey goosey because I'm trying to keep my chest up. Um, my my ankles, the fronts of my ankles there. So we talked about tibia anterior before. You want to make your lower legs grow? Hey, hold the bottom of a squat too. Um, it's all going to still come into play. So spend more time in a squat. Kelly Starrett says 10 minutes a day at least uh, for healthy knees, hips, ankles. So I'm working into, just look at the timer while I'm doing this. I've got to cultivate at least a minute here. I did some squats before that cultivated some time, uh, but do those holds, do some movement. Like I'm rocking side to side. I'm trying to just get everything moving, everything loose, loosey-goosey, if you will, but still tight, controlled. That is going to be it for today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Please keep submitting the questions. Let me know all the things you wanted me to geek out on, if you will. Today was more movement-based. Uh, I got to start getting into some of the spiritual talks as I look up to the sky, to the sun, to the clouds, connecting with the earth. It's going to be beautiful. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week.